Blog Talk Radio. Mommy, I hear the baby crying. Help me, all the words she's implying. Where have I been while my world has been dying? Lord, teach me how to pray. Oh! 
right. Well, welcome back to another edition of Prayer International Radio. My name is Chris Herzog. Just want to wish everybody a happy New Year. This is our first broadcast, obviously, since the New Year season. And just want to thank you for joining us. What we'd like to do is just start off by praying in this new year, praying in this first show of the season, and just ask that as our listeners and supporters are listening and joining us throughout the year, continue to pray for us, continue to lift us up to the Lord, Sean and his family, and myself and, and my family. You know, prayer makes a difference. And just as we were listening to Jason Upton sing, Lord, teach us how to pray. You know, it just shows, you know, in our lives what what prayer can actually do. You know, what, what God can do for us if we'll commune with him, if we'll join with him. If we'll get involved in what he's involved in. Do you know, here at Prayer International, we want to dedicate ourselves to the presence of God, to the study of God's word, and more importantly, just that intimate communion of God through praise and worship and prayer, just that connection. Just that being one with him, you know. You can have an experience in your life. You can have a, what you may call a spiritual experience in your life, but if it's void of the Holy Spirit, if it lacks the Holy Spirit, it's just an experience. It's not an eternal experience. You know, when God does something, it has eternal value. It has eternal weight. It lasts. What God has to offer doesn't fade away. You see, Jesus said if you drink of his spirit, if you drink of the water that he provides, you'd never thirst again. And when he talked about this drink, he talked about this water, he was referring to the Holy Spirit, the presence of God the living manifested presence of God that's only found in a relationship with him, in a communion with him, in a oneness, a, a aligning yourself with him. That's why when the disciples came to Christ in Matthew chapter 6, and they said, Lord, teach us how to pray. Lord, what do we do? How do we do this? Jesus said, look, when you pray, don't be as the hypocrites that like to pray in the streets and be seen on the street corners and be seen in the synagogues. But when you pray, go into your closet and shut the door. See, there's something intimate. There's something personal that God wants to have with you, that God wants to experience with you, and that he wants you to experience with him. That fellowship of the Holy Spirit that communion of the Spirit, that that intimacy with Christ where you're experiencing the the flow and the the surrounding of the warmth and the the presence and the glory, the Shekinah glory of God as it fills your being 
and begins to not only refine and purify and purge and stamp holiness and begin to bring a repentance and a desire to change into your life, but it also brings goodness and peace and joy and puts a motivation on the inside of you to do good and to want to love God. Because in his presence, there's truly a a fullness of joy and and, and pleasures in your life, the the pleasure that it brings to sit in his glory, to bask in the presence and the glory of God. There's nothing like it. And many people would say, oh, that's spiritualism or that's kind of new age or you're basing your walk on feelings. No. I'm basing my walk on the truth of the word of God. And Jesus said that we study, he told the Pharisees, you you study the word of God. You study the scriptures, but it's, it's me that the scriptures are testifying of, and it's really me that you're looking for. And if you're studying the scriptures and your Bible studies, and you're going to church and all your ritualisms, and there's nothing wrong with ritual because God, the ritualistic God, he, he does things consistently and continually. And there's a repetition and a rhythm with God. So I'm not saying anything against the church going and the Bible study and the, the fellowships and the potluck dinners and all that. But if that stuff, if those events are not bringing you into an experience with the presence of God, they're not bringing you into an encounter with the true glory of God where you're genuinely experiencing the risen Christ and the freedom and the peace and the glory and the the resurrection life that's in Christ Jesus, then they're just experiences and they're just meetings. It's no different than reading a book in a library or or going to some social dance or, or sitting around at the bingo parlor if Christ isn't experienced. And so we want to dedicate ourselves at this ministry, Prayer International, whether it's the radio show or the website video programs or, or events or, or ministry that we're doing in churches or whatever it is, whether it's uh, our sitting around the table at home or our working a nine-to-five job throughout the day, whatever it is. We want to exemplify Jesus. We want to experience Christ. We want to take him with us wherever we go. We need your help. You see, we're all called. It's not about the pastor or the teacher or the prophet, the evangelist, the apostle, the Sunday school teacher, the intercessor, or the gifted motivational speaker. Although all those people are necessary, in and out of the church, but you know what? It's about you getting in your place, finding your place on the wall to build, finding your prayer closet to kneel down in and begin to cry out to God for the nation, begin to cry out for your household, begin to cry out for your neighborhood, or maybe you pray for your church or or your co-workers. or your children, or your wife, your family, whatever it is, whoever it is, whatever you're praying for, whoever you're praying for, 
God's calling us to that place. He's calling me. He's calling my wife, my family, my household. He's calling this ministry. He's calling the body of Christ to pray. And in this time where our nation is, where we are as a nation in the United States, where we are as a world, we need God. We need the Holy Spirit. We need God's healing power. We need God's provision and blessing. We need the the promises and the covenant blessings that, that accompany God's children. In this day and age, you cannot make it without God. You cannot make it without the Lord. I know I can't. And we need God. And he says, ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. The problem is we're not reaching enough. We're not asking, crying out. For God's deliverance, for God's solutions, for God's purposes and plans to come forth in not only this generation, but in the generation that's coming and in the generations to come. That we would leave a legacy behind for the next generations that exalts and exemplifies and honors Christ Jesus, that gives glory to God, that points people in the way, and that shows the next generation this is the way that we're to go and teach and lead and, and do. And leave that as a legacy for our children, our children's children, whosoever will. And maybe you don't have physical children. Maybe you don't have natural children. God wants to give you spiritual children. He wants you to have a legacy to leave behind so that when people remember you, they remember Christ. They remember him. They give glory to God for the life that you lived. You know, God's calling us to not only go into the prayer closet, not go into the secret place and be filled with the Holy Spirit and be filled with the life and the nature of God, but then to go out into the marketplace, go out into the highways and the byways, go out and share that compassion, share that love, pray those prayers, bring God's kingdom to a lost and hurting world. And see, we need your help. We can't do that. Sean and his family can only do so much and reach so many people. Tracy and I, my wife Tracy and, and myself, we can only meet and reach and touch and influence so many people. And that's why it takes every one of us to reach and influence the, the sphere of influence that we have, the circle of people that we're Surrounded by day after day. Those are the ones. That is your pulpit. That is your ministry. So God's calling us to know him. The disciples said, Lord, teach us how to pray. Jesus said, go into the closet and shut your door. And when you pray, say... 
which meant there's some speaking involved. It's not about thinking your prayers. Does God know your thoughts before you even say, sure he does? But just like you may be in a relationship, in a marriage, or you may have children, and after a while you get to know people so well that you could almost finish their sentences for them and you could almost tell them what they're thinking the moment they're thinking it or before you know it, you're saying the same things they are at the exact same time. Don't you think God knows how to do all those things and more? But yet if you sat in a household full of people that you knew how they were, but yet they never had a conversation with you, what kind of relationship would that be? And God, although he knows what you're thinking, and although he knows what you're going to say before you say it, he wants fellowship. He wants the company. He wants the communion. He wants you to just pull aside from your busy day every now and then just to say, hi, Lord. Hello, Father. Do you remember Jesus said as he lifted up that bread on that Passover, what we call the Last Supper, communion as Christians, but really these Jews were having a Passover dinner. They lifted up that matzah, and they said, this is my body, which will be broken, and lifted up the, the cups, and we think it was one, but really they had four cups, and sometime we'll get into that. But the, the focus wasn't the bread, it wasn't the wine, it wasn't the matzah, it wasn't the grape juice, whatever you want to call it. It was Christ shedding his blood and giving up his body to be broken so that your body can be whole, so that your spirit can be whole, so that your life could not be so broken and shattered and in pieces, but be put back together for the glory of God and for a testimony of praise to give to God. Give to Jesus. And he said, do this in remembrance of me. Sometimes God just wants to stop and say, hey, remember me? Remember me? How many times do we, even as Christians, go throughout our day, we don't even utter one word to the very one that gives us breath You didn't even get up this morning. Blessed it was the grace of God that rolled you out of bed and gave you the breath and the strength to walk. Yet, did you remember him? Did you honor him today? Did you give him glory and honor? Did you did you check with him? Did you say, not my will? See, this is something Jesus said. When you pray, shut the door and say, Our Father. Like I said, there's nothing wrong with thinking to God, but God wants you to talk to him like he's your father, like he's your friend, like he's a person. Why? Because he is. Yes, God is a spirit. Sure he is. But he has a personality. He has a mind. He has thoughts. He says, I know the thoughts I think towards you. So he has thoughts. 
God thinks thoughts about you. He's got plans for you. He's got thoughts and plans to give you hope and give you a future. But unless you touch base with him, unless you get in line with him, unless you start to communicate with him, commune with him, you're not going to know what that hope is. You're not going to know what's in your future. You know, when you're standing at a locked door, it's a lot easier to go through the situation with the key. Not impossible to get through the door without a key. Of course, you may have to take it off its hinges. But it's a lot easier to enter and exit situations through doors with keys. And if God has the keys, Jesus said he's got the keys to the kingdom, which means everything that's locked and barred in your life. God has a key for it. He's got a solution for it. Every problem you're facing, God's got a solution for it. Every mountain that you're looking at, God has a word to speak to it, to move it. All you have to do is know what word to speak to it. All you have to do is know what key to put into the lock. All you have to do is know what solution to put into the equation, what we call a problem. You'll find the answer, and the answer is in Christ. The answer is in Christ Jesus listening to his voice. He says, what is he saying? Man shall not live by bread alone. But every word that proceeds out of my mouth, which means if you're not listening to every word that's proceeding out of his mouth, then you're missing out on some things. Maybe that's why things don't always fall into place for us. Maybe that's why it seems like something's always missing. Or maybe that's why you always wonder why nothing seems to work out quite the way you planned it. Did you check with him first to make sure he put his approval on it? Did you say, Father, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, not my will, not my plans, not my plans, Father, but your plans be done, not my will, but your will, not my purposes, but, Father, let your purposes be established in my life. Are you passionately pursuing the plans and purposes of God? My wife likes to ask me that question. Is that right? Yeah. And so I'm going to ask it to you. Are you passionately pursuing the plans and the purposes of God? Is there a passion in your heart for Jesus? Is there a fire on the inside of you, a motivation something that drives you on a day-to-day basis where you're running after God and everything that he has planned and purposed for you? See, you're not entitled to any reward unless you've pursued something. If you haven't pursued God's plan for your life, why should you get rewarded? If you haven't pursued God's purposes for your life, why should you live fulfilled? 
I know that's kind of profound, but I put it that way. But listen, if you have not pursued it, you don't deserve it. Jesus said the kingdom of God suffers violence and the violent take it by force. What does that mean? If you want God and his purposes, then you're going to have to pursue him and run after him. To God says, seek ye my face. And when God says, seek ye my face, your answer better be, your face, O Lord, will I seek. That was David's answer in the book of Psalms. When God said, seek ye my face, and he even reminded God, he said, Lord, when you said, seek ye my face, I said, your face, O Lord, will I see. You know, Paul said, let this mind that was in Christ be in you. Let the same mind, let the same spirit, let the same attitude that was in Christ Jesus be in you. And I was a passionate heart wholeheartedly towards God the Father that was the mind that was in Christ he had one thing on his mind only one thing was needed he told Mary and and Martha see Mary and Martha were sisters and they both loved the Lord and one really had just a knack for just cleaning up the house and serving and just really keeping the house, making everything nice and neat. She was just a host and she just did it all. Just kind of like a Martha, Martha Stewart, I guess. But this was the original Martha. So Martha and her sister Mary, Mary was kind of just absent-minded, you know, just kind of about her father's business and about doing her own thing and she was more about being in the temple and, and giving herself to God and just giving herself to the Lord and to the things of God and not so much worried about the natural affairs of life. So Jesus enters their house one day and Martha's running around trying to make the house nice for Jesus. And she says, Lord, bid my sister to help me here. I'm over here doing all the work. And Jesus says, Martha... Martha, you're cumbered about much serving. You're troubled about serving, but only one thing is needed. And I'm paraphrasing this. You guys can go back go back up and look up Mary and Martha. We'll get into the word here in a minute. Oh, this is just me kind of rambling tonight. But he says you're you're troubled about much serving. You're so worried about making the house all nice and neat and getting everything so perfect, but only one thing is needed. There's only one thing that really matters. And Mary has chosen the better part. And that better part was to sit at my feet and listen to my word. See, Jesus was like, hey, it's one thing to serve me, but it's another thing to sit at my feet and hear my word. And it's You've got to have your priorities in line. See, so many of us want to be so busy for Jesus and do so many things and look so good and have it all looking great. But Jesus said, look, let's let's look at it for what it really is. Are you sitting at my feet and listening to my word? Are you spending time with me? Great that you want to do all these things for me. 
but are you spending time with me? Are you getting to know me? And then he told the story later. He said, you know, one day many will come to me and they'll say, Lord, Lord, look what we've done in your name. And I will say, depart for you, for I never need you. He talks the story about the sheep and the goats. He'll say, well, Lord, we cast out devils in your name and we healed the sick in your name and we prophesied in your name and we fed the poor in your name and we went to the hospital and visited the sick and visited those who did all these things in your name. Jesus says, apart from me, for I never knew you. You see, there's many people that are doing things in the name of God. There's many people that can dress it up and play it up and make it look religious and moral and nice and good. And then they can stamp God's name all over it. Whether they do it in the name of a church or denomination or some cult or whatever it is. But Jesus said, look, there's only one way they're going to know you're my disciples, and that's if you love me with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and you love your neighbors yourself, and you have love for one another. This is my commandment, that you love one another, that your joy will be full. And this is how they'll know you're my disciples, that you love one another. It's the love that separates. It's the love. It's the sacrifice. And I don't mean love like a bunch of ooey-gooey emotions that we call love. I mean love as in sacrifice, as in giving yourself first to God and then for your fellow man. No greater love does a man have than to lay down his life for his friends. The question is, are you laying down your life for God And then are you being a sacrifice? Are you being a vehicle which God can reach humanity, where God can reach your family, your neighbors, your household, your coworkers, your whoever? Are you laying down your life so that you can be a point of contact where God can move through you into their lives on some kind of level? See, no greater love does a man have than to lay down his life for a friend. Jesus said, this is how they're going to know. It's not being able to quote the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, although if you can do that, that's good. Memorize scripture. Because one day they're going to take your Bible away. You think when people laugh at you and tell jokes about you at work, that's persecution. Because you're the Christian guy at work that doesn't tell the dirty jokes and nobody wants to go to lunch with you and nobody wants to hang out with you because they think you're the square. Whether you're a male or, or female, man or a woman, they they just they don't like you much because you're different than they are. They don't want to have nothing to... And you think, oh, I'm so persecuted. They laughed at me at work. They they drew on my Christian bumper sticker on my car. They put horns on my fish. 
Oh, no. But you know, one day, they're going to take your Bible away. And they're going to give you a choice. Either deny the name of Jesus or we're going to cut your head off. You think I'm joking. Because you're so used to going to church every Sunday and Wednesday and Sunday night. And there's nothing wrong with it. And we go to church and we believe that you should have fellowship and not forsake the assembling. Because that's what God's word says to do. But we're so used to our Western Christianity where everything's packaged and nice. And if you miss a Sunday, you can get it on tape or CD. Nowadays, you can go straight to the Internet and watch it on the web page. And there's nothing wrong with that. But you know, one day they're going to take all that stuff away. When you can't put your Hillsong music in, you can't put your... Jason Upton and your Jeremy Camp and your Misty Edwards, and all of a sudden you don't have any Christian music to listen to. You don't have any hymnals. You don't have any Bibles. You can't meet in public anymore. No, no more going to church in public. No more meeting in public to say the name of Jesus. You better have his word written on your heart. You better have a love for God inside of your heart that far outweighs all the church stuff. And far outweighs all the Christian music and all the CDs and sermons on tapes and and all the packaged canned deals. Because the grass withers and the flower fades. But the word of the Lord stands forever. And all those gimmicks and all those deals are going to all fall apart one day. It's all going to burn up in the fire. And the only thing that's going to matter is, did you know the Lord? Did you know Jesus? And did you hear his voice? Because God's sheep hear his voice. And the voice of a stranger, they won't follow. And did you hear his voice telling you this is the way to walk you in it? And if you did, did you follow it? Because man doesn't live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. See, we don't necessarily have Sunday school here at Prayer International. Although there's nothing wrong with it. Praise God, my wife and I did a season of the children's church and Sunday school at our church with the little ones. and It was quite entertaining and quite fun and very rewarding. Okay, so we're all about Sunday school, but listen, this isn't Sunday school ear tickling stuff. This is straight up, hey, Get right with God, people, because Jesus is coming back. And when he comes back, he's going to have fire in his eyes. When he comes back, he's going to have an army of angels behind him. And when he comes back, he's not going to just be all hippied out with some sandals on and peace and love. And hey, dude, no. He's going to come back with an army behind him. And you better be ready. Because they call it the great and terrible day of the Lord for a reason. It's great because Jesus returns. But it's terrible because if you're not right, everything that can be shaken is going to be shaken, friends. In my life, in my household, in your life, in your household, all the way down the block. Right? 
Amen. God's good. We're going to take a break here in a minute. But let's go ahead and open up in prayer. I know we've been going for about 45 minutes. <laughs> we're about to open up in prayer. And then we're going to shift into a song. So, Father, right now we just give you praise. Lord, we thank you for your goodness. We give you praise tonight on Prayer International. We thank you, Father God, that you are inhabiting the praise of your people. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you're teaching us how to pray. Lord, we thank you, Father, that you're stirring up the gifts of God. You're stirring us up, Father, to good works, Lord. And, Father, tonight we just declare, Lord, give us a love, a genuine love for you, and give us a genuine love for your people, and give us a genuine love for those that are not your people yet. And, Father, I just thank you that you're raising up sons and daughters in this hour, you're raising up a generation to seek your face, Lord. And Father, tonight we pray, come kingdom of God. Lord, whatever you desire tonight, we pray that it would be manifest on this program, in the homes and in the places, the cars, wherever people are listening. That you would meet people where they're at. Meet people by your presence, Jesus. Meet people in a real and living way, Father. And show them your goodness. Show them that you're alive, Jesus. Lord, I thank you, Father, for everything you've done for us. Lord, I thank you for everything you're going to do. Lord, we give you all the glory and the honor and praise that your salvation and your healing and that your provision are going throughout the earth. And Lord, you live in the hearts of your people. And we just say to God be the glory in Jesus' name, amen. Listen, if you're just tuning in, a call in number 619-638-8458. This is Prayer International Radio. We're going to break for a prayer and a song.
I want you to find yourself right in the Holy of Holies. I see His presence. I'm in His presence. 
while I'm there thanking him, I know that I have a right. Whatever I need, he will supply. I believe tonight somebody just wants him to open up the windows of heaven for you. Let it rain. Send down your blessings, Lord. I just need you to move in this place tonight. I just need you to move in this place tonight. He's doing it right now. Hallelujah. Open the floodgates of heaven. Let it rain. Let it rain. Open the floodgates of heaven. Let it rain. Let it rain. Help me, somebody say it tonight. Open the
the knowledge of the Lord will cover the earth like the waters cover the sea. So there's going to be an intimate knowledge of God that brings a manifested presence of God that's going to cover the earth and bring a transformation. See, the Bible says there's going to be a new earth and a new heaven. Well, I believe that the new earth, not only, obviously, there's going to be some things that take place at the apocalypse where, you know, there's going to actually be a new earth, but I believe as God's people begin to become transformed by the glory and presence of God, and that glory of God begins to cover the earth in this lifetime, that we're going to see a transformation. We're going to see a breakthrough. We're going to see God's provision. We're going to see God's blessing in places of darkness. We're going to see light flood darkness. We're going to see blessing flood poverty. We're going to see healing overtake sickness and disease. We're going to see life overtake death. Why? Because Christ reigns. Praise God. So we're knocking on the doors of heaven with our prayers. We're rattling and shaking the gates of heaven with our worship and our prayers. (coughs) Excuse me. We're shaking the gates of heaven with our prayers. The cry of our heart is, Lord, open, open the floodgates. David in the Psalms said, Open up, O ye gates, and the King of glory shall come in. Lift up your heads, O you gates, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, mighty in battle. His name is Jesus. His name is Jehovah God, also known as the Holy Spirit, the one that is moving throughout the earth seeking and looking for hearts that are fully his. Jesus is knocking on the door of your heart today. Holy Spirit is tugging at your heart. And the cry of God's heart is, will you seek my face? Will you come? All you who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And when God bids you to come, when God calls you, when God draws you, when he woos you, and you feel him tugging at your heart, don't. Neglect him. Don't reject him. Don't push him away. He says, if you deny me before men, I'll deny you before my Father in heaven. But if you confess me before men, I will confess you before my Father in heaven. Are you confessing him as Lord and Savior? Are you confessing him as the source of your provision? Are you confessing him as your father and your friend? Are you confessing him as your healer and your Savior? Are you confessing him as your deliverer and the one that will break through? Are you confessing him as the one who fights your battles for you, your good shepherd that leads you and guides you? Are you confessing him as the Lord, your banner? The El Shaddai, the all-sufficient one, the almighty one, the one. Because if you are, he will confess you. He'll confess you as healed. 
He'll confess you as saved. He'll confess you as blessed. He'll confess you as abundant. He'll confess you as rich in mercy. He'll confess you as strong and mighty. Why? Because if you confess him, he'll confess you. And if you abide in him, he'll abide in you. Praise God. Glory to God. Are you confessing him? So in the sixth chapter of Matthew, Jesus says, Lord, teach us how to pray. He says, Lord, show us how to pray. I know we keep going back to this, but listen, you've got to get this in your spirit. You've got to get this in your heart. You've got to absorb this. Lord, teach us how to pray. Listen, prayer is the answer. Not prayer in and of itself, but a prayer that connects with God, an effectual prayer, a prayer that, that that brings the presence and the power of God into the earth. Listen, you yield to God's operations in you until he completes his work. It's a yielding. Our Father. Our Father. God's taking the initiative to invite you to become his child. Pour out your heart to him. My father, my father, my father, my father. Is he your father? Come to the father as a child. He may be messed up, bruised, destitute. But you just allow your father to see your confusion, to see your weakness, to see the bruises from your your repeated falls, the falling down. You go to the father... And you get vulnerable. You allow the Father to see where you're at so that he can impart his strength in your weakness. He will make you strong. When you fall down, he will lift you up. When you're confused, he will let this mind that's in Christ be in you. Because he's your peace. You begin to seek out the Lord, begin to beseech the King of glory. You begin to abandon yourself to God. And it's not about your kingdom, it's not about your plans, it's not about your purposes. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Is your earth like it is in heaven? Is the glory of God surrounding your life? Is the presence of God touching your life? Is there no lack? Is there healing? Is there wholeness? Is there joy? Is there pleasure? Why? Because in his presence there's fullness of joy. And at his right hand there are pleasures forevermore. And if you're in the presence and the glory of God, if you're remaining in him and abiding in him, there's a sense of completion. There's a sense of fulfillment. There's a sense of oneness. Are you abiding in him? 
Are you calling out his kingdom come, his will be done? Are you asking, let it be as it is in heaven here in my earth, as it is in heaven, let it resemble heaven. What's going on in heaven? What does that look like? What's going on in heaven? Do you want to know what's going on in heaven? And we'll get back to the Lord's Prayer tomorrow night. We'll get back to Matthew chapter 6. Let's go to Revelation. Let's go to Revelation. All right, so... Revelation chapter 5, and I saw in the right hand of him that sat upon the throne a book written within and on the backside sealed with seven seals. Verse 2, and I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the book and to loose the seals thereof? No man in heaven nor in earth, neither under the earth, was able to open the book, neither to look in it. And I wept much because no man was found worthy to open and read the book, neither to look thereon or to look in it. One of the elders said unto me, Don't weep. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals. And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne of the four beasts, in the midst of the elders, a lamb, as it had been slain having seven horns, seven eyes, which were the seven spirits of God, sent forth into all the earth. And he came and he took a book out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne. And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and the four elders went down before the lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of the saints. Do you understand this? There's angels and elders, and they've got vials full of the prayers of the saints. Did you catch that? Did you catch that? Let's get it. I guess we'll go over to six. Let's go over to verse eight. And when he opened the seal, there was silence in heaven about the space of half an hour. And I saw the seven angels which stood before God, and to them were given seven trumpets, and another angel came, stood at the altar, having a golden censer, and there was given unto him much incense, that he should offer it with the prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar which was before the throne. And the smoke of the incense which came with the prayers of the saints ascended before God out of the angel's hand. Get this, people, when you're praying, when you're praying, it's rising up before God like incense. When you're 
prayers are going up into the heavens. There's a picture here in the book of Revelations, chapter 8, also in chapter 5. It's showing that as you pray, your prayers are rising up to the heavens like incense, and the angels of God are collecting them into censers. They're collecting all the prayers. Your prayers are not being wasted. Your prayers are being collected in heaven. The minute they go up, they're coming up before the Father like an incense. Listen, watch what happens now. Watch this. Listen to this. And the smoke of the incense, which this is verse 4, chapter 8, verse 4, Revelation. And the smoke of the incense, which came with the prayers of the saints, ascended up before God out of the angel's hand. And the angel took the censer and filled it with fire off the altar and cast it to the earth. And there were voices, thunderings, and lightnings, and earthquakes. Just as soon as your prayers are coming up, there's fire coming down out of heaven. There's fire coming down out of heaven. There's answers coming down. There's fire falling. See, God answers by fire. And a lot of times your answers are found in the fire. A lot of times your answers are found when you're tested by fire. And when you're going through the test of life. And you're going through situations in your life that feel like a fire. That's where your answer comes. Sometimes God packs your blessing in the middle of your situation. Sometimes your crisis is actually carrying your opportunity. And in that opportunity is a God moment where you connect with God, where you connect with heaven, where you connect with the plans and purposes of God, and all of a sudden everything works right. All of a sudden everything clicks. And God is glorified. You see, these angels are casting the fire out of heaven. I believe that fire is the presence and the glory of God. But I also believe it represents the fires and the trials of life that we as saints go through. And in the midst of your everyday situations, your daily strivings, your daily circumstance, your daily crisis. You know, in Japanese, the same word for crisis is the same word that they use for opportunity. And sometimes God will put your opportunity in the midst of your crisis. And see, the problem is a lot of times we jump out of the boat when we're in the midst of the storm because we forget that Jesus said we're going to go to the other side of go to the other side of the sea, go to the other side of the lake. I'll see you on the other side. And right in the middle of it, we hit a storm. And we start to fret and panic, but we forget that God's word has already told us, go to the other side. You see, God couldn't leave the disciples in the boat when the waves and the winds begin to rise because he had already told them to go to the other side. Now, why would he told them to get to the other side if he didn't plan on getting them there? See, David said, though I go walk through what the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For that violence ever they cover me. Why? 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 Because God doesn't leave you in the valley, the shadow of death. He carries you through the valley. Why? Because God won't leave you in it. 
You may be going through something right now. But praise God, you're not going to be stuck in it. You're going to get through it. That's why you're going through something because, see, there's something to go through. And on the other side of that is a blessing, is a reward, is the promises of God. Somewhere in the midst of your opportunity, you're going to find, somewhere in the midst of your crisis, I'm sorry, you're going to find God's opportunity for you. As you begin to pray and call out to God, the angels of God are going to cast fire back to the earth, the presence and the glory of God. There's going to come help from the sanctuary. There's going to come help from on high. Praise the Lord. As it is in heaven, let it be in the earth. Is there sickness in heaven? No. Is there pain in heaven? No. Is there sorrow in heaven? No. Is there glory in heaven? Yes. God wants his glory to infiltrate your life. As it is in heaven, let it be in the earth. God wants to rule and reign. God wants there to be worship and prayer and presence of God and declarations of God and and utterances and oracles of the living God going forth into the earth just as it is in heaven. So whatever picture you see around the throne, whatever picture you see of the angels doing Whatever picture you see of God and the saints and listen, whatever's going on in heaven, that's what needs to take place in the earth. Jesus said so. That's what we're to pray. That's what we're to say. That's what we're to call upon God about. Praise God. So if you're tuning in or you're tuned in, this is Prayer International Radio talking about prayer tonight, talking about connecting with God. Let's pray. Father, we give you praise, Lord. We thank you for your goodness. Right now, we pray for every person listening. We ask your kingdom come, your will be done. Lord, move in a mighty way. Touch them in their hearts. Touch their lives. Reveal yourself. Lord, anyone sick in their body right now, we just declare healing and wholeness. That by the stripes of Jesus, they are healed. Father, you came, Lord, not only to save us, but to heal us. Nothing missing, nothing broken. We just declare, Lord, everything functioning the way that it was created to function, Father, wholeness, good health. Quicken their mortal bodies by your spirit. Father, right now in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord God, for what you're doing. Lord, we declare, Lord, the peace of God over Jerusalem. We pray for the peace of Jerusalem, that you would make it a praise in the earth, Father. We pray you would bless your people. Bring your Jews, bring your people, Lord God, to the knowledge of the glory of God, Jesus Christ, and Messiah. The Lord God, your provision, your protection, your peace would be over them. Your provision, your protection, your peace be over America right now. Over Texas. God bless Texas. Over Houston, over Dallas. surrounding cities. And in Jesus' name right now we pray that you would move throughout the earth, Lord, that your glory would cover the earth. We pray for Jeff B. 
Beecham and Firepower Ministries with Pepper John Lee and Generations Church in Rockwell, Texas. Pray for Sean and Rebecca Holmberg, Chris and Tracy Herzog. Pray for Melvin and Jeff Beecham right now. Just touch their lives. Heal those vocal cords on Jeff so he can preach the gospel. Father, right now we just declare, Lord, add to the church Disciples for Christ Ministries. We pray for Richard and Brandy Patrick. Disciples for Christ Prison Ministries, that you would just bless that prison ministry. Add to it. Let it be fruitful this year. Father, we just give you praise. We just thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your goodness. We just ask this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Listen, if you have any prayer requests, feel free to check us out on the website. It's www.prayerinternational.org. That's www.prayerinternational.org. You can also email us at prayerinternational at gmail.com. That's prayerinternational at gmail.com. Feel free. Email us. Also, you can call in during the show, 619-638-8458. And uh, if you want to check out the website, we've got some videos. We've got some just different materials. Of course, uh, we want you to check out, you know, what we're doing. Feel free to let us be a prayer base and a support base for you. You know, one thing we believe in is prayer. We believe in praying for Jerusalem, praying for the nations, praying for our nation, praying for our president, Barack Obama. In Jesus' name, bless him. But listen. If you need prayer, let us know, and we'd be happy to help you. If you need some type of support, if you have some questions, if you need some counsel or some wisdom about things, listen, we've been in ministry for 20 years. I've been in ministry for 20 years. I've been doing ministry since I was basically 16 years old, so 24 years technically. I've been in church ministry since I was 19 years old. So I'm 40 now. But listen, let us reach out. We're experienced in the things of God. We understand the word of God. We teach the scripture. We pray. We believe in the power of God. If you need help, if you need a support group, we're here for you at Prayer International. You have a blessed night, and we will talk to you soon. See you tomorrow night. God bless.